You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I want to explain something. I kind of also want to put something on the record when it comes to the Liam Hendricks signing. And I've, I've gotten some people been like, man, you seem kind of negative on the Liam Hendricks signing. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not negative on Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks is really good. He was the best reliever in baseball last year. I'm not here to tell you that he's not good. What I am here to tell you is about my philosophy. Shout out to KRS-One. My philosophy on paying closers. The White Sox did this years ago with Dave Robertson, where it was like, oh, well, all they need is a big money closer, and that's going to be the difference between them winning and losing the division. They didn't end up winning the division. They ended up a couple years later having to trade away Dave Robertson, and that was after him getting big dollars from the White Sox. My issue with closing, to to try to explain it in chapter and verse, my issue with closing is this. It's fine if you want to pay a closer if you feel like the rest of your team is airtight. Usually, though, those are decisions that are made, like you make a move for a closer or someone who's going to act in the closing role for you. You make that move during the season because you have an idea of how good your team is. You know, general managers always talk about you take the first 60 games to figure out who you are. You take the next 60 games to figure out what you need. And then you take the next 42 games and figure out, you know, and let them and let them play. And that's you put your team together and then you let them play those last 42. The closer itself is so dependent on everything else to go right. The closer is dependent on the offense scoring enough points, enough runs. Joe Madden always said points, which I thought was interesting. They're dependent on the offense scoring enough runs. They're dependent on the starting rotation getting through the lineup a couple of times and the the rest of the bullpen holding. There's so much stuff that can go wrong before your closer can even matter. And then you have to worry about the closer himself. Because what if the closer goes through one of those weeks, and it happens, it happens to the best pitchers in baseball, where they can't find command of their fastball. And that's the difference between you winning or losing a division. Is you not being that that closer not being able to find their fastball. And when they find their fastball, that's the week when your hitting dries up. Or that's the week where your starting pitching isn't good enough and your bullpen gets taxed. It's it's a phil- philosophical issue for me. And I know that there are a lot of White Sox fans who look at this and say, look, they did what they needed to do. Liam Hendricks is clearly the most qualified closer out there, and this is what this team needed. I'm also not convinced that the White Sox don't have a closer in their bullpen already. 
and they had one that ended up being a lot cheaper than what they ended up paying Liam Hendricks. And I know that someone I was I was looking through a lot of White Sox fans tweets since they decided that they were going to pay Liam Hendricks and the Twins ended up signing Alex Colome. I understand that there is a roller coaster ride that you would go on with Colome. I get it. That it would make you uncomfortable because he's not a guy with velo. He's got one pitch. He throws one pitch. But he's able to get people out with that one pitch. There are some projections about him that say that this is the year that he turns back into a pumpkin. There are some projections that say that this is the year where he gets roughed up and maybe the White Sox were smart to move on from him. But I I want you to understand that in his time with the White Sox, you're talking about a guy with a 2.27 ERA and a whip barely above one. Last year, an ERA under one and a whip below one. Liam Hendricks may have been the best reliever in baseball, but Colin May wasn't far behind. The difference is, is how you like to get your outs. Most people in baseball will tell you that they want to get their outs with missed bats, and I understand that, and that's not something that Colome did. He's not a strikeout guy, whereas Liam Hendricks is. But if you look at Colome over the last five years, like this guy's been solid, more than solid. You go back to the 2016 season and see what he did with Tampa, and, and you see what he did with Seattle. And then you add in what he did with the White Sox. And you had a guy that had a, a pretty decent run of games. I also understand, like, hey, man, get out while the getting is good. So let's, let's talk about Liam Hendricks for a second. Hendricks is a guy that has been DFA'd five times in his career. He was dominant last year. ERA was higher than Colomay's by a run, but his whip was .671. And you talk about getting after it, he had more than double the strikeouts than Alex Colomay had. He's also been ridden pretty hard over the last couple of seasons. And that this is a guy who's 11 years in, and maybe he's finally, it's finally clicked for him two seasons ago. And now you're getting the best version of him. My problem is the the disparity in cash between Column A and Hendricks. Where Hendricks is going to make $54 million. Hopefully for the White Sox over four years. But maybe only over three. And then they spread it out and they do all the deferred money and all that stuff. Column A signed with the Twins for basically $7.25 million. And so I asked this question. If we look at the two contracts, is Colome, is, is Hendricks at this point five times better than Colome? And, and I can't see the answer being yes to that question. 
I also think that the White Sox have within their bullpen guys that I think have the possibility of closing. I think Matt Foster is a guy that you can grow into a closer. And if you have all those guys, and Garrett Crochet is a guy that you could grow into being a closer. Evan Marshall is a guy you can grow into being a closer. Cody Ewer is a guy that, that can close. Like So it felt like a luxury item when the rest of the job wasn't done. And there's still time, although they are going to spring training now. There is still time, but I just wanted to share that with you, that my, my philosophy is don't pay closers because it only ends in heartbreak. So I wanted to run this by my man Dan Hayes. Now, Dan Hayes has some really good insight on both of these subjects. Why? Because he covers the Twins now for the Athletic, but he used to cover the White Sox. So after spelling all of this stuff out and talking about it, I asked him about the worth of closers, and he broke down both guys. Here's what he had to say. Look at Hendrick's use the last couple of years. He's been used a lot. Uh, he has not shown any signs of wear and tear. But if you use him consistently that way, it's going to happen. Look at Kenley Jansen. It eventually catches up to you. Uh, I, I think that for two years, it's a really good deal to have Liam Hendricks in your, your bullpen. I love that part. Uh, you added probably the – well, you added the most dominant guy available right now. Um, and, and for the next two years, you're going to have that most dominant guy, you would think. And, and for that reason, I like the move. You know, years three and four, if it gets to four, um, those might be tougher pills to swallow. That's why you have to pay a ton. And, and the Twins don't subscribe to paying a, a relief pitcher more than two years. They just, I think they want to avoid the possibility. They signed Addison Reed in 2018. That was a two-year, $18 million deal. Um, you know, Addison Reed, who, another San Diego State guy like myself, and uh, obviously I got to cover him with the White Sox, and I thought it was a good move when he came in. And, and his arm was toast. And, and they got one so-so uh, year out of him, and then it was just done. And, and they, year two was a mess and and they were fortunate that it only cost them nine million dollars in that second year and then they were free and clear and obviously that's something that you have a chance with uh with with Hendricks that that could potentially happen but I still think at this front end that's great but you know like you said you get column a this year is five million next year would be 5.5 million if they pick up the option it's a mutual option which means he can get out and be a free agent and there's no cost so the twins would just get him for one year for five million or if they move on, they buy him out, and it costs a million, uh, 1.25 million. So they get him for for 6.25 million. And for that, you add a guy who has a ton of closer experience, which is really good for this pen. I mean, like I said, those the trusted guys have been gone, and they've add, also added Hansel Robles, who closed for the Angels in 2019. He was down last year. He had a terrible year. They think a lot of that was the loss of velocity because there's just no energy with fans not in the stands. You, you throw those guys in and, and you have a pretty good group. I think they're going to add one more reliever, but you know, you get Colome for 5 million. Uh, you got Andrelton Simmons for 10 and a half million. You got Robles for 2 million. So rather than putting 18 million up for, for Hendricks uh, for a year, you put, you spread it out over three players. And, and I probably would think with a team with the twins budget, that was the better route to go to, to spread it around as opposed to one guy. But man, I mean, 
any team would love to have Liam Hendricks, especially for these first two years. We're going to see who's right on this. I think that Colome could have a solid year and it doesn't burn you financially. But I need Hendricks to be lights out. For the amount of money that he's making, he needs to be lights out. There can't be any any stretches where he's bad. Because I still think that the margin for error for the White Sox is pretty thin. Unless they, this could all change if they make some improvements to their roster. I still think that they need help in their rotation. I think they need a DH. And I think they need a backup catcher. Like a legitimate major league backup catcher. So we'll see. But that's, I just wanted to spell out my closer philosophy so that you had a better understanding of where I was coming from. Thanks for listening.